time out. Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the joy, the everlasting joy. We thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. God, we lift up all the families who are grieving, whether it's a uh, tragic moment of yesterday or moments that have passed long, long ago. Lord, we thank you for touching their hearts and keeping them comforted in your loving arms. For your undying love, Lord Jesus, is enough to keep us. Yes, we call upon you for guidance. And sometimes we are distracted by our sadness. God, remove our sadness. Replace it with everlasting joy. Even when the tears roll down, cover us with your spirit. Allow our ears to hear and our eyes to see. Nurture us with your word. Teach us to live freely. Release us from our fear, hurt, harm, and danger. And any unforgiveness that's in our heart, remove it, replace it with a forgiving heart, a spirit of a living God, and a nurturance that allow us to press on. For we are perseverers of love. To the power in Jesus Christ, move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be sweet unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I should thank you for your service. All who have served, thank you dearly for bringing forth. And now I want you to give yourself a hand clap of praise. Maybe that's good for us. But now I give God a hand clap of thank you. Hallelujah. Been too good. Fantastic. Awesome God. Awesome wonder. Because until we realize that he has kept us, we think it's us. And I'm not going to bust any bubbles today, but I want it to be said that the joy of the Lord is everlasting. I very rarely will preach a sermon upside down, but the joy of the Lord is everlasting. Turn to your neighbor and say, the joy of the Lord. He's everlasting. So step out in it. Get you some joy. Get you some joy, 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 joy. Get you some joy. Get you some joy. I don't know what's going on in everybody's house, but God does. I don't know what's going on in every report card, but God does. I don't know what's going on in every bedroom that your mom and daddy have told you until you clean it up and you have stuffed it under the bed. I don't even know what's living under there. I don't know how you got the pizza box in the bedroom when you're not supposed to have it outside of the kitchen. I don't know how many straight soda cans are hidden in the hamper where dirty clothes ought to be. I, I just don't know that. <laughs> I just don't know what it is. Yeah. But the joy of the Lord. Yeah. The light of the King. Yeah. The blessings of a Most High God. Yeah. The awesomeness yeah. of a love that is greater than what you can even imagine. For we are waiting for the King. Yeah. Yeah. I just want you to think about a few questions. What does joy and repentance have in common? How 
God does forgiveness and the promise of redemption bring forth the light. The light that we are waiting for in a world that is really, really strange. And I don't want to make it sound like the world yesterday was fabulous and the world today is just a bad world. The world that has sin in it is always a world that needs to be cleansed and changed. Sometimes we say, well, we didn't have all of that. Yeah, speak easy. You did? Yeah. We might not have rap music, but we had something that was not of God. Uh, oh, yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I jumped right out there. Boom. That's right, I didn't wear it whole because I didn't want nothing to hold me back from telling the truth. I wanted to be fully comfortable in the fact that God delivers us and makes us yet anew. Early I said, everybody has a B.C. life, and some of y'all didn't know what a B.C. was. B.C. stands for before Christ. If you are 21, you've been 17. If you are 99, you've been 19. If you are 72, you've been 27. You say, why are those ages? 19 is the last year you're a teenager. That's it. After 19, I don't care how many double digits you get, you don't get teenagehood anymore. When you get close to 19, all of a sudden your skin starts saying, oh my God, my joy is changing. I can't make, I can't do it any longer. I'm not going to be a teenager. You don't understand 20 because you haven't been 20. But somebody who's been 20 understands 19. It's a difference in our lives. It's a difference, but we are waiting. And there's repentance that we need at every season of our life. Because the teenager who never stops to clean up the pizza under the bed can become a very cluttery adult. You may say, what, what, what does that have to do with repentance? What does that have to do with joy? Because if your mama and daddy have given you an order and you choose to be disobedient, you'll be missing the joy of that moment. It doesn't mean they don't love you. It doesn't mean that they will say these things and follow completely through. But 75% of them, after this sermon, they're going to think about it. Because when we say what we mean and mean what we say, our children can get a better example of what it means to follow God. For God gave rule as the Lord that he expected Jesus, the Son of God, to follow through on. And because we wait, the promise of redemption comes because Jesus, in spite of his humanness, in spite of what he might have felt when they said, you are going to the cross, he said, I'll go anyhow. In the book of Luke, gospel, the gospel of Luke, John talks about the baptism. He talks about someone who's coming that is greater than he. He's talking about Jesus Christ. And so a lot of times, we miss the joy of the Lord because we're living in our obedience, disobedience of the moment. I've often heard people say, you know, I'm stubborn. That's just how I am. <laughs> Can't do nothing about it. 
Ruth Bird. I read something this week that brought it to my brought it to life so differently. Sometimes we use our challenges in life as excuses to keep doing what we want to do. We don't give God a chance. We just simply say, that's it. I can't do nothing about it. But God said, do you have joy? Do you want salvation? Do you have hope? Do you understand forgiveness? Do you realize that when you finally clean out the pizza underneath the bed, your room will smell better? Your room will feel better. You will feel better. Forgiveness is the fact that suddenly you realize your mom and daddy knew what they were talking about. That strange smell on that side of the house is you. It's you. The fish bones that we left in the trash can that we said if we wrap them with paper, we don't have to put them out right now. Our lives are sometimes like those fish bones. They've been sitting in the trash can and God is saying, I'm trying to put it out. I'm trying to make a new thing. I'm trying to give you some joy. I'm trying to help. You understand. Turn to your neighbor and say, can I borrow your joy? Don't be mad if they say no. The joy that God gives each of us is our own personal joy. It's our own individualized, personalized, specialized, set up by God called a joy. Joy, 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 deep down in our soul, joy, 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 happening kind of joy. I mean, joy just sets my Spirit of on When I look at Zephaniah, it starts out with saying aloud. The most singing person that I am, I can just imagine singing out loud. Joy, 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 joy. Joy, joy, joy. I mean, I can just make up a rap song on joy. Can't sing a lick. But the joy makes me want to just shout. For the scripture tells us that at a time he will bring us home. He will gather us in. He will make remove the promises that he has set for us. The people here on earth. Can't you hear the hope? Can't you just imagine receiving all the joy and freedom that God wants you to have right now? It ought to just send warm, cozy, running around in your spirit. For God said that joy is a song in our heart. Do you have a song in your heart? Do you have something that reminds you how good God is? In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 12, 2 through 6 says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the walls of salvation and you will say in the day, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the nations and proclaim his name to be exalted. But here's the part that gets me. 
Verse 5 says, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known to all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy. Oh, royal Zion, for great is your myth in the Holy One of Israel. What if from this point on you made a covenant with God to walk with your joy? Everything that we do, we're going to step out in joy. Does it mean all the bills are going to go away? Does it mean we don't have some things we need to straighten out? Does it mean that there's no things that need to be forgiven and there's things that will need to continue to be forgiven? No, it doesn't. But just that change and that desire to walk in a joyousness, sometimes you'll walk up to people and they'll say, how are you doing? And just our own attitude make them say, well, you know, is it worth being a Christian? Every time I talk to her, she says, how are you doing? No, I don't know. It's just been a rough, rough day. I'm not telling you to lie. I'm telling you to get some joy. I'm telling you even say, in spite of how difficult it's been today, in spite of the fact that I don't know tomorrow and the day after, I just love the Lord because he loved me first. And you say, well, that's not my conversation. Go ahead. Ask God to give you a line of joy. Ask God to set in motion what he wants you to understand about the joy of today. And then as you move through the gospel message, it is so much in that message. For first off, I have to remind you that if we were to understand all the characters in the Bible, sometimes we would really be able to sit back and say, Boy, if they can have joy through all in trials and tribulations, then I can have joy, joy, joy. The passage that's in Zephaniah that was read earlier so graciously by both our, our readers and greeters and everyone, th- that passage is the passage of oracles. That prophet is saying these are things that have occurred. There have been oracles of doom that have come down upon Zephaniah and that whole time in Israel and Jerusalem. But the bottom line is when they get to that point and that passage has come, that passage reminds us that that's the ninth oracle. And that oracle is concluding and it is calling Jerusalem into a time of celebration. In spite of the this, the that, and the other, it's time to celebrate. In spite of the blue roof, in spite of the fact that your house and your car went to the left, in spite of the fact that you had to live in Houston for three months and you didn't want to live there, in spite of the fact that you had to live separate and you only had ten minutes together on a weekly basis, in spite of the fact that you had a, a really great paying job and now you have a job that's just helping you get through, in spite of the fact that your knee hurts and you say, I'm not allowed to run to run my life, in spite of the pain. It is time to celebrate. It is time to come into your personal and private and collective joy. Turn to your name and say, can I borrow some joy? And just tell them, maybe I can tell you where you can get some. Maybe I can share with you what it means to get you some joy. But as far as the joy, I'm not being selfish. But this joy that I have. The world can give it to me. So the world can't take it away. This joy that I have, the 
did not set it in motion. Oh, this is the joy of the Lord. And I truly look deep into the Luke passages. But the poetry of Isaiah, the songs of joy, the scripture and the teaching, the thematic nature that came in Luke, Luke's passages to remind us that we are chosen. And just because we're chosen, we can't live frozen. We ain't the chosen frozen. He said, I chose you that you would make do my work. I chose you that you would not be complacent. I chose you that you would bear fruit. All right. All right. All right. I didn't choose you to talk about planting. I chose you to plant. Yeah. I didn't choose you to think and say, well, I'm thinking about what thus saith the Lord. He chose us that we would be in action. Yeah. Yeah. This ain't the chosen frozen department. <laughs> this is not the chosen complacent department. This is not the chosen and it got to be right all the time department. This is not the chosen odd Christian and you not and I hope you get to Jesus. I got mine and maybe you can get yours. This is the chosen that says I love the Lord. For he heard my cry. He turned my life around. And I expect when the Messiah comes that the Messiah has answers for me. But until I see the Messiah yet again. I'm going to rejoice and have faith. I'm going to rejoice and live a converted life. I'm going to rejoice and offer radical share. If I got it, you got it too. If I got a nickel, we're going to split it in half. You say there's no such thing as two and a half cents. All of God are multiplied in two and a half cents. And all of us have a nickel. And when you put all the nickels together in the pot, you got a dollar. And then you suddenly look up and you got a hundred dollars. Because God said, bring all my gifts to the household. That we would be able to walk this out in togetherness and love. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got some joy? Where'd you get it? You love the Lord? Cause it hurts like you. You know where the joy comes from. But we're resisting sometimes to say, my joy is in the Lord. We want to say our joy is in Gucci. We want to say our joy is in Prada. I don't even know what Prada is. Somebody bought me a bag. I told myself I couldn't tell whether it was fake or real. <laughs> but the fake one cost me too much money. I said, I better just carry this little kind of bag. So I know where those come from. And my mother would say all the time, she was trained though. She does know how to put a clothes together and carry a pocketbook. But every now and then she just forgets where she came from. Send <laughs> me the job school and everything. I'm still working on that part of my job. God is a good God. God is an awesome God. is a real God. God is a God of understanding each of us right where we are. God is a God that goes to fifth grade. God is a God that goes to our job. God is a God that shows up and shows up everywhere we go. But he called us and he chose us and he expects us to walk in joy. And that's why I'm going to pitch a tent for a second. We need to stop talking broke. Nah. Nah. <laughs> All right, now. Talking broke? Make you broke. 
there was a point where I needed something and I prayed to God that he would help me receive it. Yeah. I didn't call my mom and daddy not because I was ashamed, because I was wrong and I should have been able to handle it at that point. Right. They had never paid my bills in the devil and they weren't going to start at that point because I wasn't going there. But I said if I have to live like my mom and daddy lived during some season, I realized that they didn't buy new coats when they was buying us new coats. They didn't buy shoes when they was buying us boots. I said, I can be content with and without. So I want to close not telling you that Luke wasn't the powerful message. But Luke is powerful in this scripture. But my heart of heart is touched by the Philippians passage that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Read that Philippians 4 because it deals with the most essence of what it means to get the joy in the Lord. Because you have peace that surpasses all understanding. You don't worry and be anxious over anything. You just go through prayer and supplication and say, God is an awesome God. No matter where I stand, I will be content with or without. I'll make it all the way. For joy is down in my soul. Christ the Lord is near and I'm willing to let him hold me Do you know that kind of joy? Do you know that kind of peace? Do you know that kind of magnificence in your spirit? If you don't know that kind of wholeness and you don't know that kind of wellness, keep holding on to God. Don't drop his hand because it ain't yet there. Don't stop looking into the face of God and say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten son. Continue to lift your hands and pray and say, I might have got a C this semester, but that's the best C I've got ever. And I'm going out on to get me an A because I know the excellence in my spirit that I'm an A kind of student. But pray with joy. Step out in joy. Love in joy. Rejoice. 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 God great joy. The Lord is near. The Lord is great. And during this time of Advent, if you haven't taken the moment to thank God for the country in it, then now that your cholesterol down, you're going to get you one at Christmas. <laughs> you done done Advent all year long and you're going for the country in don't go too far. Because the joy of the Lord has some desire for us to remain in obedience. You got that good health report because you did the right thing. Don't go left right here at the end. 
for the joy of the Lord, step into it and receive your salvation. For the joy of the Lord gives you preparation to walk this way in spite of what anybody may say because you're waiting on Jesus. The joy of the Lord allows you to expect a divine and almighty God that is both divine and human and offers us everlasting life. The joy of the Lord allows us to step into newness. Even if we're not yet there, the joy of the Lord gives us peace and freedom. Somebody today has been set free and they're not sure how it happened. Newsflash. It's the joy of the Lord. Step into it. The doors of the church are open. If you don't know the joy of the Lord as your personal Savior and you haven't experienced that peace that surpasses all understanding, you haven't yet had that moment where he said, I got it in You haven't seen his magnificent miracle hand move. Don't quit before the miracle happens. For the joy of the Lord is for everybody. Not just you, not just me, not just your cousins, not the people who've been in the, the church all their life. It's for the man on the corner who said, I just don't want to smoke no more crack on me. I really don't want to live hungry and as a fool. Let our joy inspire him or her to come. Let our joy be the beacon of life on the corner. The doors of the church are open. Where you stand?